What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Process Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Witkowski, joined as always by my best friend and co-host, Nick Veronica. And Nick, tell the people who we got with us today. All right, it's Bill's Patriots Week, so we have with us from WEEI in Boston and host of the Furloughed Friends podcast, Lucy Burge. Lucy, thank you so much for the time. Thank you for having me. What's up, guys? Hey, so uh, we got to ask you here, Bill's Patriots, you got to tell us if it feels this way in Boston, because basically Tom Brady almost never lost to the Bills when, you know, previously before the last three years, like when you had Patriots Week on the schedule, you were kind of just like, that's a loss. You get mad about it. They would like you wouldn't take it that hard. Like you would, you would know, right? Like, did it feel the opposite way in Boston? Was it like, oh, this is Bills week? Like, Tom's got this one. Like, did you have that feeling? It felt like that every week. Every week, (laughs) every week. Even if they were losing, you're like, you know what? Tom's got this. It's that was exactly what Tom and Bill know what they're doing. And now it is the complete opposite. It is dark times without Brady here. I actually, I am more on the Brady side. It's everyone in New England has now taken sides. It is mm. either Belichick or Brady. People in my own family have taken Belichick side. My brother is a, is a Bill guy. I absolutely Brady side. I have a Bucks shirt. I have a Bucks hat. I am ready to go rooting for the Bucks, waiting for Monday night this week, Sunday. I'm like, you know, I don't watch the game, but no. So that is, it's crazy how people have taken sides, but also, they have no faith in the team now and wow, before dude. every week it will now after the past mm-hmm. three games but now um they it used to be every week it's like well you know you're losing you know however much the deficit is tom has got this third quarter fourth quarter has got it now cam has imploded it's all falling apart edelman's out you, you and after it before the uh past three games People were uh, like high on Cam. Cam, I, I like Cam mm-hmm. as a person. He's a great interview. Mm-hmm. Um, he's fun to watch play. But since great dresser, he, great dresser. That's the other thing. <laughs> Fantastic. He is a fashion icon already in Boston. And so um, now that since the since he got COVID, things have taken a turn. And so it's, I'm get, I'm getting the real vibe here that like you were choosing friends in the breakup between Tom and, and Bill Belichick. Is that, is that right? It's exactly what it is. It's like a divorce. Wow. It's it's like, who's going to take who in the divorce? And I am all in on the Tom side, but yeah, a lot of people on the bill side. And then it, you know, it, it comes time to game time. You're like, who am I going to root for? That's what it comes down to. And now it's wow. easy. Just root for the Bucks because the Patriots suck. And you never thought you'd, you'd hear <laughs> this, but the Patriots suck right now. So if the Bucks had to play the Patriots this year, do you think Boston would be divided or is it not really that level? That would be a tough one. I don't think it would be. I think there are far more people that will root for the Patriots than the Bucks um, and Brady. But there are some Brady diehards who have disowned him and are wow. mad at him. And I think I actually think Edelman is one of those people. I think he's <laughs> pissed at Brady. So, yeah. So I got, I got to tell you guys, speaking mm-hmm. of Edelman, I fell for – I had, a, I had a, a senior moment last week. I fell for something on Twitter that said Julian Edelman was traded to the Bucks no. for Scotty Miller in like a fourth round pick. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I got to retweet this. And I, for some reason, something came up and I didn't do it. Was it Adam Schefter? Like, no, I don't know who it was. It, it said Sports Center on like the heading and all that stuff. So mm. I told all my friends here in Atlanta, like, you wow. never believe what happened. And then you, I, you got fooled hard. <laughs> Hard, I was hard. watching the Bucks game th- that week, and I'm like, "Wait, Scotty Miller's still playing for the Bucks? I thought they traded him." <laughs> oh, what Adam Archibald said, "Was there a blue check mark?" Yes. 
I felt I completely fell for it. <laughs> I think there was a breach. <laughs> I swear, I swear. There Always was. look for the check mark. That is the cardinal rule. <laughs> now it is. There was a blue check mark. Yeah, that's that is pretty uh, crazy. Then I don't know about that. So you you mentioned Cam having COVID though, and he's been mm. pretty lousy since he came back. Is there? I know he probably wouldn't admit this, but is there any any feeling that he's still feeling the effects of COVID and that's kind of hampering him, or has he just been not so hot all year? So he's been great before this. That's what it is. It's it's it would be too much of a coincidence, it seems, for it to not be because of this. But he was asymptomatic when he had it. Um, mm. I don't know. Look at this, and you're like, is that entirely true? Could he have had fatigue um, and still said asymptomatic? I don't know. But then there is this theory around here now that he is in a COVID fog because that is one of the lingering mm. symptoms. So um, I mean, that's totally possible. Um, the way he speaks, I you wouldn't know it. I don't know because he's very eloquent, and he, he was today when he spoke today. He still speaks very well. So I don't I don't know if it's a fog. I don't know. I don't know if he's weaker because of it, but not. I mean, he probably realizes it, doesn't want to admit it. It could be so many things, and I don't hmm. think he even knows what the issue is, and that's what's scary. And that's why I don't really have faith in them this week. I absolutely think the Bills are going to win this week. So I don't know what is going to. I mean, the he's not the future of the Patriots anyway, but. The near future of the Patriots, I don't I don't know how much Stidham is going to be playing. I don't know if Hoyer is even going to come in at some point because he's that bad. It seemed like one of the biggest uh, farces of the offseason was that Bill really trusted Stidham to take over the offense. That seemed like it had no no potential to me at all. Right, and then suddenly it switched because then they started Hoyer. And everybody freaked out. They're like, wait, Stidham was, is the guy. And I was not the guy, so what did he do? Is he really that bad? And Hoyer sucked in his first. I I felt so bad for him, but then they didn't put Stidham in, and he kept sucking. And you're like, wait, how bad is Stidham? <laughs> if he's not putting him in, he must be okay. worse than the worst quarterback ever. Um, but then Stidham proved himself, and so that's and so and that's why I was kind of I was a little bit a little bit taken aback after the game last week when one of the reporters asked Belichick, "Is Cam the quarterback mm. you're going to go with in the future now?" Mm-hmm. And like you didn't expect that that would be a question that was going to be asked, but it's it's valid because he sucks so bad. Yikes! Yeah, I'm surprised to hear you say you are that confident in the Bills this week. Have you? I'm like I'm trying to think. There was um, the Jacoby Brissett game that I felt pretty confident in the Bills over the mm-hmm. Patriots, and other than that, I can't really think of too many times I've ever in my life felt confident in the Bills over the Patriots. Right, because what was their record with uh, Brady? It was like 29 and, and three. three in the, the Brady yeah. tour. Yeah, and one, one of the threes, he came out at halftime. And what was the other ones? The 34-31 game in 2011 with Fitzpatrick. And one of them like earlier in his career, right? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, I, re- I remember they, they lost one really early on in the Brady dynasty. They shut – Buffalo shut them out at home and then week 17 new england shut out yeah. buffalo same score yeah. both weeks i don't think it's going to be like that anymore <laughs> this week is I not going to be you're like you're more confident as a patriots fan you're more confident than what i think some of the bills fans are this week going into this game i think the last 3 weeks for the bills uh fan base has really taken a hit on a lot of their confidence in this team right how is it though also with bills fans not being there no Bills Mafia gatherings and no <laughs> table smashing. Is it like a different, do you think, different kind of like camaraderie? Like a, yeah. I don't know, a different feeling? Not it, having fans I mean, there too. 
Now, Nick, you live in Buffalo, so I mean, what is it like on game day around there? I know when I when I lived there, Sundays were like there was not a soul on the road. You know, everyone was either at the game or at a bar watching the game or something. I mean, yeah. how is it there? Um, I mean, yeah, like, like previously, like my grandmother would be like, Sunday afternoon is a great time to go to the grocery store because no one's there. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, it's weird. Like people definitely want to go to the games, but I think most people get it. Like we're, I think just being in the same state as New York City, which got hit so bad with COVID, like people kind of realize that it's not safe. Um, and that some people you can't talk to at all and they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear anything about masks or anything. And mm-hmm. You can't help those people, but um, yeah. The, I, are you asking about like the the in game atmosphere, like for the players, or just yeah, like the, the mood around I town? Mean, it, yeah, the, the everything, the mood around it. Because I mean, Bill's Mafia, it's the most like notorious fan base that I can think of, <laughs> <laughs> infamously. <Thank you>. <laughs> <laughs> just destroy everything. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, it's, some of the research has shown that you know fans are generally overrated during games. Um, so I don't know. The players always seem like in, in any team in any city that every player will always say, oh, you know, our fans got behind us. They picked us up when we needed it. Um, the research doesn't always agree with that. So I don't, I don't know really on field, like you would love to have your fans there, but the way that they're off there, they didn't score a touchdown against the Jets. Like if you're getting booed by your own fans, that doesn't help either. So I don't know around town. Yeah. People are like itching for it, but I think we just, you kind of just want everything to go back to normal and that would just be part of it. Exactly. And I think that's kind of the, the mood here too, is we just, a lot of people want a limited number of fans to be at Gillette and mm-hmm. um, to start getting back to normal. But I can't imagine, especially the past three games, what it would be like if there were fans there. They would get booed so bad. It would be really, it would be horrible for Cam. I know Cam is very confident. He's very sure of himself, but to get, they, they would have, all of them would boo. Like every single fan would boo him um, because also, it's the team is the, the like the whole team itself, like Belichick. I don't know what they're thinking in terms of what this team is going to be going forward. I know they're all thinking we don't have Brady. So that's, we're missing him now. Like at mm-hmm. first, I think they thought we could do this without Brady. Cause it, the big question around here is, was it Bill or was it Tom that mm-hmm. was responsible, more responsible for the dynasty. And now we're seeing that it's Tom really, because you know, Bill is, is, pretty much in a dumpster fire right now. And uh, I'm not upset about it really, because <laughs> I think they should have provided Brady with more weapons and, and made him feel more appreciated and have more fun as Giselle said. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that they're getting what they deserve. Um, the- but I mean, Cam, maybe not because mm-hmm. he had nothing to do with that. But I think Bill, <laughs> Bill is, his confidence is shot. Do you think, or is there, is there any sense around Boston that Bill Belichick underestimated what Tom could do at 43 years old? Yes. Definitely. I think Bill has, he has an ego and I think he maybe thought he was much, much more responsible for the huge amount of winning that has gone on in the past 20 years. Um, And so I think he, I don't know if there's anything they could have done to kept, to keep Brady here because I think he he was gone before last season, I think mentally. Um, And I, I don't know if there's anything they could have done, but um, I think Bill's ego maybe played a part in it a little bit. I don't know. I mean, craft definitely not because they're like family. Um, but I, yeah, I think he, I think a lot of people underestimated it and there are people that thought, okay, Belichick is, is going to keep this team on track. And that's not the case so far, really. It seemed like 
through the years, especially from watching games on TV, it seemed like Brady and Bill were bumping heads more so the last few years than normal. Definitely. Is that how it, is that how it felt there as well? Yes. So there was a report a few years ago that they there were clashes between them, and a lot of people didn't really make much of it. Said this is probably well, I think it was ESPN that um, had a big expose about um, all of the. I'm trying to think of the reporter's name, and I, it's escaping me right now. But he um, wrote about how um, there were all of this, this infighting and all of these clashes, and people brushed it off. People had opinions on it, saying like, it's not true. There's no way. Um, but then you started to see the cracks and things. And I think Deflategate was a huge one because Bill got up there at the podium and said, just talk to Tom about this. And he didn't Hmm. publicly support Tom in any of this. He didn't, um, he basically kind of passed the buck to him and said, you got to talk to the quarterback about that. And I think that was a little bit where it began. The Malcolm Butler thing, I don't think helped at all because um, Brady was definitely on Butler's side. Um, Because you look at Butler posted something on Instagram and Brady liked it. So you know which side he's on that. I mean, that sounds stupid, but it means a lot in terms of Brady because he doesn't just do that. Um, So I think that had there was a huge rift there. And that might have been where Brady started thinking, I'm going to get out of here. And I'm going to spend my last couple of years of my career not with Belichick. Definitely. I think Belichick, I think he's not thinking not in New England. I think he's thinking not with Belichick at that point. Mm Mm-hmm. You, so you were referencing that's the Seth Wickersham article was Wickersham, fabu- thank you. yes fab- <laughs> fabulously reported like really detailed the fractured relationship and I you can tell me correct me if I'm wrong here like the reaction from most of the NFL was like wow this is worse than I thought and the reaction from Boston was like screw you ESPN trying to like fake <laughs> oh, news here yes I mean, and so I, the, I uh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, sorry. I can't believe I forgot his name because that was my entire internship at WBI in 2015 <laughs> was deflate Um, the, the more report, obviously the Wickersham report, the, uh, def- uh what was in context, all that stuff. So the, mm. yeah, everything. Yeah. I remember the ESPN assignment desk Twitter asked someone if they could like use their video and somebody from Boston said Fuck after you. the, yeah, <laughs> the hit up you let on Brady. Absolutely. The F I loved it. That was, it was, that was awesome. Cause there was so much like pride, New England, like yeah. Patriots pride and all this stuff. It was like, fuck you ESPN. You screwed Brady over and all this stuff. And there was such a hatred for ESPN, yeah. like so bad. And they apologized for one of their reports at 2 a.m. And that was three days of radio here about how much ESPN. Well, I mean, three days of just that, but everything all the time was ESPN sucks, deflategate this, mm. and people taking sides that Brady do it, people flipping sides, being like, well, this just came out. So the, um, like all the, in the context reports came out and people saying like, well, uh, maybe Brady didn't do anything or like, this is a, you know, Brady job, but then it, it wasn't, I don't think it was. Um, but yeah, and that was an insane time, but I think that was, you go back to that and like, maybe that's where some of this started. Wow. All right. Those were the first two F words in the history of this podcast. So oh, really? My, <laughs> like my mother texted me about it. Sorry about that. Lucy with your sailor I mouth. Over there, um, Charlie, Charlie, you texted me today about our, our old friend, Stefan Gilmore. What's going on there? Yeah, I, oh. I'm, I'm seeing, I'm, well, I'm seeing a lot of rumors going on now. Obviously, you know, I'm not there. I saw you retweeted something about from Gilmore's wife. And I, I saw you said something about she must really like the new house. So, so yes. what's going on with all this? Yes. Okay. So on uh, WBEI's Greg Hill show, the morning show um, broke this story uh, a couple days ago or yesterday that um, 
his house is for sale. Stefan Gilmore's house in Foxborough is for sale. Um, and the bids for this house are due next Tuesday, which is the trade deadline mm. at by 5 p.m. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of, I mean, it, that would be too much of a coincidence for uh, it to be um, not about the trade deadline. Um, and I am taking real estate classes actually at this time. So, and none of my classes have they ever mentioned a deadline like this. So it's a little bit odd um, that there is such a, a deadline for bids for this house. They are looking to sell. Um, and he either put this on the market as kind of a bluff to the Patriots or um, he is moving to just down the street or he, I don't, which I don't think is that at all. <laughs> now the deadline on a Tuesday. <laughs> definitely no, not. No. Um, so yeah, I think that it's a little bit of a like, obvious like we're right out here with this deadline i am gone i am now he's injured he's on the um the injury list so he with a knee stupid and too convenient like it's just too and then his so his wife tweeted three laughing emojis as the greg hill show was talking about this yesterday morning which obviously could mean anything you're like oh well what does this mean is she trying to troll us or trying to discredit anything by just tweeting emojis um, so yeah, I was like, yeah, she's really happy with her new house because they're moving. <laughs> um, yeah, so they, I think he's out of here. Gilmore's out of here for sure because the rumor started, then the house, then the injury. You're like, he's gone. Do you think now? Obviously, touching on Gilmore. So you think Gilmore's gone? Do you think New England's going to go into this trade deadline and, and be sellers and really look to kind of start to rebuild that dynasty starting next off season? Right. So they're definitely in rebuild mode. I think at this moment. Because there mm -hmm. was a report actually right before this that I saw that they are um, reportedly looking for a fire sale. They are looking to trade anybody possible and they are willing to entertain any offers for anybody, which I don't know what that means exactly. But I mean, right. it could literally mean anybody mm -hmm. um, like even Edelman. Like I, I could see Edelman being gone because he's not happy, clearly not happy. Um, either he's mad at Brady. I mean, he's like throwing iPads during the game and and stomping around and like is he so i was like he's mad at brady but he's injured um which obviously he's mad about um so it could be a lot of things that he but he's on a losing team right now a team that's under 500 and that's never could, fun could you see them moving cam uh yes i could because he's not okay. their future yeah he's wow. not their future like he if they get rid of cam right now that would be insane um, but I think he, well, he is their quarterback going forward. So I no, I don't see them moving him right now, but at this point, anything is possible because it's just such a disaster. It is, it is, right. this is, this is Belichick's worst nightmare right now, um, to have Brady has a winning record by far. And he is, Belichick is now under 500 and this is exactly not how we wanted it to go. Um, I was listening yeah, I to think, a, no, sorry, no, I don't no, think no. they're moving cam right now. <laughs> I was listening to a a, a, a Buffalo uh, radio station at WGR. They were talking to a reporter from Boston, uh, and he was saying, I think he summed it up perfectly, New England is currently in, uh, quote, QB purgatory. It's true. That's, it. That's yeah. exactly how it feels because they – you never know how many quarterbacks are going to play now in every game. It could be one, two, or three, honestly. And then have Edelman maybe a few plays at quarterback because he used to be a quarterback. So mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, when is Stidham going to come in? Is Cam going to completely just 
stink up the joint and have Stidham come in. And then what happens to Stidham? Because last time, uh, last week they brought Stidham in, he tripped over himself. You're like, okay, so what if he gets injured? Then you have to have like this whole deep bench of quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a purgatory because you know, Cam is not going to be the next dynasty quarterback. Right. So you're like, will it be Stidham? Because he's, he's very young. He's 24. Um, and so could it be him? But I don't know if Belichick wants that. It's it's all very – I mean, I thought Garoppolo was their future, but that's clearly not ever – I mean, who knows if Garoppolo will come back? I don't think so. Um, but that was what some people were predicting even when uh, right after Garoppolo left. They are like, well, he's going to come back. Um, that's possible. Um, we had, One of my colleagues at EEI wrote a pretty polarizing column a couple weeks ago saying that Matt Ryan should be the next quarterback for the Patriots. And the response was just insane to that. Um, I don't think anybody agreed with him, but um, every everything that has happened is like, well, who knows? Like it could mm-hmm. happen, honestly, because mm-hmm. it is it is a quarterback purgatory. So sure. wasn't Cam good like a month ago? Yeah. And that's why this it's too much of a coincidence, the COVID thing, for it to not have anything to do with that. Hmm. He was great. He was his first right. play was he ran in a touch. I mean, his first drive he ran in a touchdown. Right. Like, like, okay, he, this guy is, is here and he's going to win with us, but not mm. now. I, All right. I will say when, when, when Cam got COVID, I got a little bit nervous because I told Nick this uh, a few episodes ago. Freddie Freeman, the Atlanta Brave first baseman, got COVID, and he right. came back and just won National League Player of the Year. So I'm like, what What if it's like a trick and Cam actually gets better? Yep. <laughs> and, you know, they don't want to game the, the, the rest of the way out, but – you see what's happening here is he is hustling everybody is what you right. just lose a couple then and then when you get to the bills you're like all right we're going to actually <laughs> play right now <laughs> right either that or he's saving it for for the jets right. oh that's true too yes if they lose to the jets i feel like there is going to be uh some like running everybody, has, or something. Yeah, everybody has covid we have to shut everything down for the rest of the season that's what's going to happen right. season's over. Happen. Season's yeah. over. I mean, are we really talking about the Patriots losing to the Jets? Though? Like, I don't. I feel like the Patriots aren't that bad. Are they that bad? It was rough to. I, I was really rough to watch last week. It was at a point oh. where it's like I. I don't remember them being that bad. Watching it live, I mean, there are people I've heard rewatch it, the game, and think like it wasn't actually that bad. But in the moment, it was really depressing and very hopeless. Like, if this is going to be how it is, what's the point of the rest of the season? Like, you get to mm-hmm. halftime last wow. week, and you're like, why play the rest of this game? Because everyone's like, who's going to bring it? What quarterback's going to come in? Are they going to bring instead of like, Just cancel the game. <laughs> like, just don't wow. lose that bad. Why? Because this is Cam Newton who's supposed to save this team. He's supposed to be the next, not the next Tom Brady, but, like, re- replace Tom Brady. And yeah. he sucks right now. <laughs> He doesn't suck in general. He sucks right now, and the team sucks right now. But mm-hmm. this is Belichick's – is this Belichick's true colors, I think, is the question now. Is this really Belichick without Brady, or is this just circumstances? And that's yeah. what we'll find out, I guess. We, we got to say here, all right, people in Buffalo are used to dealing with teams like this. So so right. you've had, the Patriots have had, like, three bad games, and people are like, how do we – how can we deal with – one of my like earlier takes was that like Bill's Mafia, as it's you know known around the league, we actually had the, the founder on last week, and we, we talked about the idea that Bill's Mafia is like really like a charitable organization that like is just fans sticking up for each other. Like it's it's not really people going through tables. Like it kind of the message gets hijacked there. Anyway, my my. Do you know I, how many 
posts I've written for WEI.com about Bill's Mafia going through. I don't. It is a sight to see every week. It's like, here are all the videos of all Bill's Mafia going through tables. Wow. Yeah. I used to be on that beat too at the Buffalo News. The one year, the one week a guy caught on fire. Like, oh, I, oh. I remember that. Yeah. It was <laughs> terrible. I was anyway. like, best yeah. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, so like one of my earlier takes was like that whole extreme tailgating scene was really born out of the fact that the team was so bad. And like, this is supposed to be your escape that like you were going to make sure you had fun in the tailgate. And then that way, like you got your, you know, your escape, your party, you had your, your time. And then when the team let you down the, the next three hours, like it was okay. Cause you already had your fun. Like, and I know tailgating laws are, are, different in western new york apparently than a lot of other places i don't know what it's like out in foxborough but um if it keeps getting bad this is like where people going through tables comes from so i don't know what the, the boston equivalent of that yeah, would be people, if there's uh i think jumping I off their roofs is going to be the next one people are just going to it's going to be that bad like people are just it's going to be i mean there's if there was tailgating right now i think mm -hmm, it, there would mm -hmm. be riots there would just be people just trying to get their anger out in any way possible. Jumping um, off the roof. You're talking like of their house. Yeah. People like are going to start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People oh, are going, people, yeah, it's, that's, that's where we're going. The second half of the game last week. Yeah. People were starting. They have I think, two wins this year. Like this, right, but the that's team's no, not that bad. Not good enough. That is not where we used to around here. We were oh at, my and, gosh. And said that himself. He's like, this is not acceptable for this region. He's like for this County, for this city, for the well, state. Like, yeah, well, that's how it is now. All right. Well, and, and <laughs> they're so used to winning, not just with the Patriots, but you've had a very good Bruins team in Boston for, for a while. You had a very good Red Sox team. Because they're spoiled. For a while. Wow. Yeah. Spoiled. Yeah. yeah. Spoiled but then, okay, Mookie. So it was Brady and Mookie in one year. <laughs> it's just, yeah, okay, Mookie that, won the World Series. Brady, I'd say the Bucs have a great chance at the Super Bowl. Um, yep. So that's, you know, that's where we are right now. It's just, you know, you can't win them all. Like, you can't you can't have a great yeah. year every year. You can't have a dynasty all the time. So this is just one of those next five years to 10 years to 15. Because mm -hmm. there's no end in sight for this awful losing that now we're Hopefully. seeing. Hopefully you guys, and, and I have a lot of family that are Patriots fans, so I kind of wish this upon you guys, but not so much. I just hope you guys never get to see a playoff drought that becomes old enough to drive and or drink. Mm, that's true. Yeah, eight, well, there's 86 years, too, with uh, the Red Sox for the World that's Series. True. When that's true. There was that one that we suffered through. So, yeah. I don't, also, so you say that my my godmother is a Bills fan, huge Bills fan. Oh, okay. So this must be, she be must be a great lady. Yes, she is. Very What's her name? <laughs> Give her a shout out. Mary, my godmother. Mary. All right. Yes, huge fan. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah. It, living know. in Boston or where does she live? She lives in Connecticut. Oh, because that would be super unusual in Boston. Yes. Oh, yeah. I don't think there are any Bills fans here that I've ever known who are actually from just, here. Yeah, just transplants. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. This week is going to be a toss up, but I don't, yeah, I don't hmm. know. All right, last Patriots question Newton, for you before we start the lightning round here. Yes. You can jump in after me. Is there anything, like, what's fixable in this Patriots team? Like, what could go right that they could, like, what can they solve either, not maybe not this week, but in the next few weeks? Okay, so the defense was a huge issue. I don't know specifically what they could fix with that, um, but I think the biggest thing is Cam. If Cam figures out what his issue is right now, that will solve it would be a breath of fresh air to just know that Cam is can complete a pass would be great. And I think that maybe is what they should fix. Okay. Charlie, were you going to say something there? Sorry, I cut you well, off. 
touching on on Lucy's point there, I just looked up Cam Newton's stats for the year. I didn't realize he only has two passing touchdowns on the season. How many rushing? Um, that's a great question, Nick. Um, I don't have his rushing touchdowns, but he's got he has seven interceptions as well, which is kind of um a little ridiculous. That that is that's very that's not very Cam Newton, and that's no, obviously not. not something that you guys have seen. No, in the first few games, not at all. And that's why this is kind of jarring. And it has is to James be James Winston maybe dressing as Cam Newton right now for you guys and stop it. <laughs> Some Scooby Doo stuff going on. It seems like yeah, he has, he has five rushing touchdowns, by the way. So seven total touchdowns. That's that's not terrible. It's not great. It's not but terrible, it's not, but it's not as expected. Better than two. Yeah, but it's this is not what was expected at all. It's not. It, there's not Tom Brady numbers, and that's what we're looking for around here. <laughs> well, good luck with that. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> We, we've also been looking for Tom Brady numbers too. For, yeah, I mean everybody so, is all the time. That's why yeah, you just become a Bucks fan, and then you have them right there. You're good. <laughs> That's you true. Antonio That's Brown, true. you got Gronk, you got everything. What more could you ask for? <laughs> <laughs> so lightning round. Yeah. We'll get. Uh, yeah, we'll just alternate if you want. If you got enough questions, questions, Charlie. Okay. Yeah. So right, I'll start with it. mine. Favorite Halloween candy. Okay, I have changed. Last year was different. Last year was Reese's Cups. This year is Butterfinger. I don't know why, but I just switched it up. And I was like, you know what? Okay. I like Butterfinger better this year. That's Nick. It's a bold take. In <laughs> uh, um, what year will the Red Sox next realistically compete for the division title? That's a tough one. It could be maybe not in our lifetime. It could be. <laughs> I was thinking about that today. I was like, will we win the championship in our lifetime? We lost it. That's harsh. <laughs> okay, I would say I would say 2022. Let's say. Okay, so two seasons okay. from now. Mookie Betts will come back, yeah. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> so looking at the projected schedule for next year, you do have Tampa Bay on that schedule, and I believe they, they're supposed to come to New England. Cool. Does Brady get booed or cheered when he takes the field? No, he'll get cheered. He will get cheered for everything that he did here. I think people will say they're going to boo him, and then the time will come and they will cheer him. I think so. And especially if this season tanks completely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. Does Bill Belichick stay around after this year? If 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 they continue down this route, or do you think he says gets out now before it gets worse? I think he will stay, but for one more year, and then if okay. they have the same thing, then he's out. Because at wow. this point, uh, you know what? Even it could even be this year. You don't. I didn't know. I didn't think Brady was going to leave. So you never know. I don't know. Wow. He's, also, Belichick has done some crazy things in his past too. With the mm-hmm. Jets, so uh, I don't. You know what? He could he could make a bold move and just get out of here, and just move to Nantucket and stay there forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lucy. If your college was to win a national championship, what sport would it be in? Okay, so I went to Wellesley College, which is an all women's school, um, and I don't think they've ever competed in a national championship in anything. Um, but I think it would have to be basketball i'm trying to think of one that that they, what about for your masters um oh northeastern with no football team so i think that would be hockey <laughs> okay probably okay okay nick you got another one lucy you are known on twitter for your trivia love them mm, by the way i've been stumped, i've been stumped uh, more than i will admit right now all right, Excellent. All right. Oh, i know today's uh, answer okay good <laughs> <laughs> 
Some right. of them are more tricky than others. Yeah. So we we, we, we got to talk about Seinfeld here. So you, you and I are about the same age here. I'm assuming you got into that through your parents. Is that yes, right? Yes, exactly. Yes. Okay. If you could have been in any Seinfeld episode, which one would you have popped yourself into? Definitely the Muffin Tops episode. This is my favorite episode. It has everything that I could want in a Seinfeld episode. The Muffin Tops thing, fantastic. But the Jay Peterman reality tour. I would want to be on that bus with Kramer. That's what I would want. I would want to drive around with Kramer with the um, the pizza bagels that are on raisin bagels mm-hmm. and the Three Musketeers dessert and that whole thing, moving the muffin stumps to the, the um, junkyard. Okay. Not to eat the bottoms, though. No, not the bottoms, just the oh, tops. Okay. Gotcha. The homeless won't even touch them. <laughs> oh, my God. So being a Buffalo podcast, we got to ask, ranch or blue cheese? So you're going to hate this. If I if I had to pick one, because I'm not particularly fond of either, okay. I would have to say blue cheese. Good. It's fine. That, that, it's, oh, that, that's the right answer. Okay, good. That, that okay. was the okay. right answer. Good answer. Fantastic. Good answer. Yeah, Sean McDermott Wait. did a thing, like a video with like with a church group around here and somebody asked him like you know like ranch or blue cheese and, and he he said ranch and the, the, guy, the guy just looked at him and goes wrong answer that's bad that's so bad yeah i don't like ranch blue cheese is okay yeah. okay that's that's the tough thing about living in uh living in georgia is everyone thinks that ranch is the best side for your mm. chicken wings i'm like no that's that's wrong but they have blue cheese yes yeah, it's not good though. Okay. It's definitely not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not the same. Well, yeah. All right. Two part question. First part, what's what is the best book you've ever read? Ooh, I would say ooh, that's a mm, I would say ooh, that's a tough one. Because there were I, I mean, I gotta say Catcher in the Rye, because I was thinking like, do I say this? Do I not? So I, I Catcher in the Rye is so generic. But I've read it four times. I used to read it every, I read it once and like read it every year. Um, and I, yeah, I think reading that in high school, I think is just the best time to read it. Um, but yeah, Catcher in the Ring. Okay. Part two, you have about a two dozen books behind you. Mm-hmm. How many of them have you actually read? Okay. That's a good question because <laughs> there are a lot of books where the uh, the bookmark flap is halfway through them because I just uh-huh. got it. There's yes. maybe, maybe five of them I finished. Um, some of them... <laughs> Yeah, I'd say five, five to seven of them that I can see right now that I finished. Yeah, yeah that's that's yeah. what you said. I don't know if you can see the books behind me here. These are all the ones I'm like currently in the middle of that I. Yeah, would, I I'm in the know. middle of like ten of them. Right yeah, now. exactly. I'll, I'll get there someday. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, all the books behind me. These are the ones that I've read. Yeah, those look good. Those look like the, those are huge. You're obviously none. So you, you're you're missing all the, if you're listening to this, you're missing all the context. Charlie has a white wall behind him. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I, I would much rather uh, listen to my books on tape, and and uh, I'm, I'm not much of a, a reader. Well, that's and good. Books on tape. I listen to a bunch a of Harry Potter episode. Yes, exactly. Oh, and oh, yes, oh, the blind. Oh. <laughs> 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 to get the ones. <laughs> I used to listen to Harry Potter books on tape. That's that's how I read those. Yeah, there's a reporter here in Boston. For you still call it reading those? Though, yes, I do. Yeah, I read them. <laughs> yep, I, I consumed the story, so I, I get it. <laughs> The fourth one I did. Um, there's a reporter here in Boston, DJ Bean, who works for NBC Sports Boston. And for every Zoom or video or TV hit that he does, he has just a sign that just says books behind him. And he put it on his wall. I'm like, wow, that's ironic of you, DJ. <laughs> he has no books. <laughs> Nick, just so you know, mm-hmm. I got through high school writing book reports by listening to books on tape. So 
It still counts. It still counts. It definitely counts. counts. George Costanza. Teachers never knew. Right. Did you did you do the same book every year for a different teacher? That's what I did. No, because as we moved up, we had to read more difficult books. Oh, I read the David Wells biography like every year, and they Mm -hmm. just never knew. (laughs) I once did a an oral book report in I forget which grade, like sixth grade, on Derek Jeter's biography, autobiography, that I found at the local library. I was mm. like, you know what? I respect him, so I'm going to read this and be the bigger person about it. Wow. Yeah. Did you have to dress up as the character when you had to do this? See, that would have been good. But then I, I would okay, have had to wear I, a Yankee hat, which I would not want to do. I had to do a similar situation, do a oral book report, but I did mine on The Rock Oh. in sixth grade. And I had to dress up like The Rock Wow. to do... Oh yeah, I had the people's eyebrow going. <laughs> I had it all. Like, I, you drink yeah. your own blood? No, no. Uh, yeah, that was a weird. I would have it. The, the Chris Rock part was funny this week, but still weird. <laughs> it is all right. Question weird. for both of you: What is the worst injury or most pain you have ever been in? Okay, I so I've broken my arm twice. Once in preschool. And then once in fourth grade, that might be the worst injury just because I had to go to the hospital. Um, the most pain, I had, a, I had one migraine in my whole life and that was probably the worst pain. Hmm. Do we want to ask what happened in kindergarten? Is that like- Okay, so so then <laughs> actually, you know what it was? It was we, before okay? that. It was, yes, no, yes. So it was preschool and I was at a, my brother was going to this nursery school and there was an open house. So I was on the playground and I fell onto these, it was so strange because it was rubber tires that lead up to a slide or whatever, but I fell the wrong way and I broke my arm in two places. And I remember at the hospital, I was four years old and I still remember it. They had to twist my arm back into place into align the bones again. And that, that actually, that might be the worst pain because I remember it you know, 24 years later. Um, wow. But that, yeah. And my, I mean, my arm. And then, so the second time I broke my arm, I fell ice skating, my first ice skating lesson. Mm. And my mom, who is a nurse practitioner, did not think it was broken. And she said, it's just sprained. So we didn't go to the hospital until maybe three to four weeks later when I, it still hurt. I couldn't, I was doing pull-ups in gym class on my broken arm, but it still wow. hurt. And so I told my mom, we went to the hospital, got an x-ray. It had been broken. It was almost healed. And now yeah. my, my arm is a little bit crooked from it still. Wow. So that was, that was probably my worst injury. Wow. The, the truth comes out here, huh? Yep, exactly. Okay. The doctor she works with laughing at her and everything. <laughs> wow. Jeez. All right. Wow. Charlie, how about you? Oh, man. Um, well, I also broke my arm. I was like seven, but I tried to do an elbow drop like Jimmy snuck off the top of the couch. That didn't hurt too bad. Like I felt like the- <laughs> Who are you hitting? Up. You're an only child. Uh, there was a pillow. I missed the pillow. <laughs> you were practicing. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was having a full-on wrestling match with the pillow. It was one of those like life-size like wrestling pillows. Yeah. Mm, that's a uh, much cooler story than mine. <laughs> Yeah, that that that's how that's I thought cool. I was going to make a living in life was becoming a professional wrestler, and then wow. that obviously never happened. Um, I would say though the worst pain was probably when I cracked my head open, and you know when they got to numb your stitch it you know, the area yeah. to put the stitches in. Yeah, putting that needle the really? right in the cut is oh. not fun. That's not right. really bad. You can't tell. I just had a little forehead surgery right here. I don't know if you can see the scar. Oh, really? Oh, uh, yeah. They. Uh, Put the needle right in there a bunch of times. Yeah, and then yeah. I could still feel like he was stitched me back up and I just he missed the spot, I think. 
but it's what? it's definitely no fun. Getting stitches is by far just the numbing of of the stitched area yeah. is by far mm. the worst pain that I have ever felt. Mm. Right. I've never had stitches. Not that I know of. Like getting my wisdom teeth out, I think they put stitches in, but other than that, uh, nothing. Okay. Well, you don't have any cool scars to show off then. No, so, I do. Nick, I have a scar what, on my elbow, but you know what? Actually, now that I think about it, getting my wisdom teeth out, the recovery from that, worst pain I ever felt okay. because I didn't take any pain meds because they made me feel sick. Mm. Stuck it through, but it was bad. That might be the worst. Okay. Nick, now you have to answer your own question. Oh, your worst pain you ever felt. Like, you can't just put us on the spot. <sighs> All right. Well, it's either it's one or two. Um, I broke my leg playing in a hockey game in college. We were killing a penalty, and I got tangled up with a guy, and my and I fell, but my skate kind of stuck in the ice, and I got oh a spiral God. fracture of my fibula. Um, that was pretty bad. Whoa. So it's either that or when uh, when you're like, you know, fixing your eyebrows and you're trying to get one of those underneath ones, and you miss and you grab the skin underneath your orbit. Mm -hmm. That's the worst pain. Yeah, that or getting your eyebrows waxed, say, oh, that's, that's it's pretty painful. That's or your upper lip waxed, which is pretty painful. I don't painful. know about that one. Yeah, that's kind of painful. But yeah. That's, mm, yeah, yeah, but I don't know. So like when you just, when you do that to yourself, like you just feel so stupid. You're like, it's right there. How did you pinch it? Right. That's a bad one too. All right, last question before we let you go. I know we're way over time here. Sorry about that. No, you're fine. All right, give us some local Boston flavor. What are the three or your three favorite restaurants in Boston? Okay, of the ones that are open now, because a bunch or of them regular are, times, like no, when, yes. who knows when, when people listening to this will get back there. Okay, regular times. So Dylan's on uh, Boylston, definitely my favorite. I go there all the time. Still, it's open now. It's great. It has out, great outdoor seating, just to plug that. Dylan's is great. Um, and then on Boylston, McGreevy's was open, but it's it's closed now. Um, Back Bay Social is a new one that I haven't been to and have started going to because their outdoor seating is fantastic. Um, and then Lolita is another place down okay. the street for me. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of back bay places. Love back bay myself. Yes. It's a great spot. All right. I will say yeah. I, I am, I'm, I'm a big fan of the city of Boston. I, oh, I've it's been awesome. there like once it's, it's fun. <laughs> it's fine town. Yes. You know, the people, the people aren't, aren't half bad there. They're not half bad. They're okay. <laughs> Unless yeah. you don't go when the light turns red and then you are in trouble. <laughs> 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 yes, unless you're driving anywhere or do anything to anybody, you're gonna be fine. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It's a good it's a so, good place. So Lucy, you want to tell everyone where to find you on Twitter? Yes. So uh you can find me on Twitter and Instagram with the same handle. It's Lucille Burge. Uh it's B-U-R-D-G-E. Um, and then I do the show for load friends uh twice a week, and that's also on my Twitter, and you can find me there. It All right. seems like Burge with a B. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Nick, I saw that exactly one. Exactly how I should say it from now on. Absolutely. Yes. Nick, yes. Nick, how about you? Uh, well, we, we got to talk some more bills after we let Lucy go. So we'll do that. We'll okay. do our part so we got time. We got time. Yeah. And Lucy, we appreciate you uh, taking the time to chat with us. This was so much fun. Patriots. This was a Buffalo. blast. Thank you so much. I hope I come back on next time the Patriots play the Bills because this was a blast. Thank you. All for right. you are, always welcome on. Thank you so much. Thank you. I will talk to you guys soon. Bye, Lucy. Bye. Bye bye. All right. We sign off at the end, Charlie. You know the drill. We yeah, got to talk about the Bills laying an egg almost against the Jets. It's funny to me. She mentioned when, when she rewatched the game or when people rewatched the Patriots game, they were saying, wow, this was worse than I thought. When I kind of went back over the Bills game, I was like, you know what? This might not have been 
quite as bad as mm-hmm. I thought. They didn't score any touchdowns against the worst team in the league, which sounds awful. They, they were had, in scoring position, though, on every single drive. Right, they were. They had a touchdown called back mm-hmm. on, like, the dumbest penalty I've ever heard of that didn't even affect the play. It was it was an illegal formation because the, the receiver is supposed to be on the line. He was half a yard behind them. Man, that, that gets uncalled all the time. You constantly, when you see a receiver go up there and he's, he's the outside receiver and he points to the referee on the sideline, He's checking, like, hey, am I on the am I on the line of scrimmage too? Like, or letting you know, hey, I'm supposed to be on the line of scrimmage. You know, let it, you know, it, it's probably fine, right? A lot sometimes they spot the ball in between yard markers. Like, man, that was such a like it didn't affect the play at all. So they really had a touchdown. It didn't end up on the stat sheet. They had one. It was a good throw and a good catch. Right. And secondly, this is getting credit taken away because the team they played was so bad. They gave up four yards in the second half, all right? Four. I don't care how bad the Jets stink. They're still a professional football team. If you had UB out there, like UB could get more than four yards in an entire half. Like UB would get killed, obviously. And I, I hate when people are like, oh, Clemson against Alabama against the Jets. What's the what? No. Any college team would get right. smoked by any pro team, promise. But they could still gain more than four yards. Like, you know, so, you couldn't get one pass play open, like nothing. And I know, like, the penalty yards took it back. Like, four yards is super impressive, and we got to give them some credit for that. Before you go too much further, Nick, I want to stop you because I want to still talk about that penalty. Uh, okay. The, the illegal shift or however they wanted to call that, yeah. that, that terrible call. It's the second time this year Buffalo's been called, had a touchdown called back on that same penalty. The first time, maybe, maybe it was a touchdown, maybe it was a first down. It was the Kansas City game with Stephon Diggs, where Buffalo was kind of going through the hurry up. Stephon Diggs got back to the line, looked like he was set for about a second. Mm-hmm. Josh snapped the ball and went. There was still the flag. Now, obviously, the NFL rule does state that the the receiver or whomever it needs, whoever it is in motion, that man needs to be set for a minute and and or or on the line of scrimmage uh, for a second. I'm sorry, not a minute, not a whole minute um, for a second and. Uh, for in, in this instance, when in the illegal formation, the guy needs to be on the line of scrimmage. Uh, one of the wide receivers does, which it looked like Gabe Davis was that man on the line of scrimmage. So the fact that that call was called back yeah, blows my mind. Um, but yeah, but if again, they wouldn't have called it, no one in the world would have cared. No, and 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 again, Nick, this is the the the. Oh, I think we lost Charlie. We'll edit this part out. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Somehow I muted myself. Weird. This is probably the 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 second I'll say second and a half game, right? Because where where, where penalties came back to hurt the offense. Obviously, we knew penalties was a big um, issue with the Kansas City game. The second half of the Titans game, same thing. Offensive penalties really hurt them. Then you get into uh, this past week with the Jets, multiple scoring drives, multiple drives where they put themselves in a scoring position. However, penalties once again hurt them. And it's just something we're seeing. And, and, and maybe it's something that gets cleaned up. You know, um, Sean McDermott's Bills team has been one of the most penalized teams in the league since Sean McDermott has come to Buffalo. So it's something that, I feel like they need to clean up. McDermott needs to work on with his team. Um, but uh, this is a week where you you can't do that. Um, I, I don't think New England is as good as what they've been. 
but this is the NFL. Any team can be good one week. We've seen it happen years before. Look at Miami right now. Miami's three and three. Whoever thought Miami would be three and three this year at all? Who thought Miami was going to get three wins this year? Which, by the way, side note, mm-hmm. I feel terrible for Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> I dude, the they, Cowboys. What are the Cowboys doing? The Cowboys should trade for Fitzpatrick. So that was my question to Lucy. That's where I was trying to get with this earlier. Was if the Patriots move Cam Newton? The only reason why I could see the Patriots moving Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. is Dallas is going to get desperate because, let's face it, that division's wide open right now. Then Jerry Jones yeah. would much rather win a division than anything where he might trade a third-round pick, fourth-round pick, something, way more than what he has to to get Cam Newton for the last um, eight weeks of the season. Who would you rather have right now, Cam Newton or Andy Dalton? Obviously, Dalton's hurt this week, so he's out, but, you know, if you had to get through the next eight weeks, who do you want your quarterback to be? I would take Cam over Andy. Dude, I'd take most people. Like the, the Cowboys look horrific. You could sign Colin Kaepernick and be better than what you're getting. But I feel like even with you, you put Cam Newton though in that offense with the weapons that they have there, I feel like Cam Newton could be I wouldn't say MVP level Cam, but I feel like he could be very good Cam Newton. Maybe maybe like what we saw the first couple weeks mm-hmm. out of Cam. I mean, it is super hard to go to a new team and pick up the system, but they have much better weapons, I think, than the mm-hmm. Patriots do. And and I, I think New England's best weapon right now is Nikhil Harry, who I, I really like um, at receiver. I liked him last year as well. I, he, he was a guy that I was kind of, uh, you know, two years when he came out. Yeah, I was hoping Buffalo would, would, would snag him. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I feel like much of what Lucy said, New England's going to be for sale. Maybe Cam ends up in 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 Dallas. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe Fitz ends up there. I hope he does. I hope Fitz ends up there and Fitz gets a playoff game. Maybe even wins a playoff game. Um, because as much as I hate the Cowboys, if Ryan Fitzpatrick goes there, I will be cheering for the Cowboys for the rest of the year. Absolutely. So right. back to, yeah, get back to the, Bills here. the Jets. Absolutely. Were you – Really, I mean, I imagine you were really frustrated. Like when you think back on the game, like are you still like pissed at the Bills for laying an egg? Like I don't know. Uh, first half. Do you want first half Charlie or second half Charlie? Both. So <laughs> I don't know if you want both. So first half Charlie. I, I want all of you, Charlie. Come on. <laughs> first half Charlie was home watching the game by himself with the dog, and mm. the dog got so scared that the dog went in the other room. And laid under the bed because I was yelling so much. <laughs> Second half, Charlie watched the game with his wife and was a lot more calm <laughs> than first half, Charlie. So, first half, though, I, I I thought it fit right that we we saw a Bills team and going back and watching it this week, I calmed down a lot watching the game because I don't think Josh Allen played as bad as what we thought he played. I thought the first half we saw a lot of hero ball, Josh Allen. Um, especially on 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 the first drive, he tried to throw that touchdown um, to Gabe Davis. Obviously, mm-hmm. underthrew him. He's a guy; he's tall enough. You got to throw that ball up and make him jump up and make a play. He underthrew him. Pass was almost intercepted in the end zone. Um, luckily, it wasn't. But we've been seeing a lot more of that Josh Allen the past few weeks, which is what I think has really been hurting Buffalo. We saw it a lot in the Kansas City game where he was trying to play hero ball too much. We saw it a lot in the Titans game. Granted, the Titans game was different circumstances. They were behind most of that game. 
Um, but the Kansas City game, man, they were still in that game to the end. Defense just couldn't do much. But Josh Allen last week, in my, I, I wouldn't say he looked as good as Josh Allen from weeks one and two. Mm-hmm. But he did some good things. He stopped second half. He stopped looking deep every time, and he just looked for his open man. Cole Beasley had a great day and really stepped up for John Brown being out. Um, I'm really hoping that with John Brown, it looks like he's going to be coming back this week. It really looks like John Brown can um, will will we'll come back in this lineup and mm-hmm. let's face it, it makes a huge difference in this offense. He's able to stretch the field. He allows Stephon Diggs to play. Um, a little bit more more of a crossing route type of game, which the Bills have had a lot of success with this year running those crossing routes. They had a lot of success last week with Cole Beasley running those cross, crossing routes. So I'm hoping that they will continue to grow on that and do what's working well, but we'll see. Yeah, I think with, with Josh, we've seen uh, maybe defenses sort of shift against how they're playing him, taking away that, that deep pass and kind of making – him beat them with short underneath mm-hmm. stuff and kind of waiting for him to make a mistake. Last week, he only completed two passes that went more than 10 yards down the field, but he was still right. 30 for 43, crushed it, taking underneath stuff against the zone, taking what they were giving him. That's why Cole Beasley had such a great game, a career day. He was, he was great underneath. They, they mm-hmm. took exactly what they give him. He had the fumble, but he didn't like, he didn't lose the game. And right. you would like to – you can definitely tell me that's that's a low bar for playing against the Jets. But he had more than 300 yards passing, which we would mm-hmm. – I mean, you know, before this year, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, 300 yards. And maybe if you throw 43 times, you should get to 300 yards. But still, like, he was effective, didn't have the touchdowns, couldn't punch it in, which honestly hasn't really been a problem this year. Like, red zone offense has been pretty good. Um, I, I, I do know. think – Touching on red zone offense, like I do think the play call down in the red zone has been a little spotty the last few weeks. It's not the same type of play call where we saw the first four weeks of the year that got this team to four and zero. I feel like we're seeing uh, Dable do going a lot more conservative inside the red zone, mm. whereas I felt like he was much more aggressive the first four weeks when they were down in the red zone and using Josh Allen more on those on those run plays. And, may, and maybe. Obviously, we, we, we saw him run Josh Allen a lot this week. At one point, uh, th- th- this last week, obviously, at, at one point, Josh Allen was the entire offense. He was leading the rushing, leading passing, everything. Um, I, I think he had four or five rushes before any running back even had one. Yes. This he, week. He, the, I initially, like, their, their first, um, like, their first 15 plays, I think, were all dropbacks. Mm-hmm. Like, like, their mm-hmm. whole script was... Josh is going to have the ball in his hands. And part of me was like, I wonder if they think their best running back is also the quarterback. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I'm going to get killed for saying this by so many people. I like Zach Moss more than Devin Singletary. I, I think Sean it. McDermott agrees with you. I think you felt that all summer. He was so non-committal to the Singletary. I drafted Moss in, in our fantasy league because – and I drafted him early too. I was like, they have – like so many – like McDermott had so many opportunities this year. People asked him about like to commit to Singletary, and he was very non-committal. I was like, something is weird about that. Like we've seen him be awesome on the field. Like I don't totally get it, mm-hmm. 
and I think you know both of them have kind of struggled in the run game this year, and that seems to me to speak more to the offensive line. But man, like they're both good players. They just they haven't had running room. It feels like I don't know. I sort of wonder if that's hurting them in the red zone because offenses don't feel like they need to prevent against the run as much. I think that's hurting them all over. You're having your quarterback throw forty plus times a game right now and running the ball five, six, seven times the game a game. You need to have a running game to kind of take some pressure off your passing game. Because you know what? If your running game is only going to run for 30 yards a game, teams are just going to, you know, play that pass all day, and your quarterback's not going to be able to do anything. And Dable seemed to get away from the run. And and, and it's funny, this week's play call seemed, or um, um, game plan for the first Mm -hmm. half seemed a lot like the first half play call we saw last year against the Jets where Josh just came out through, 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 through. He was the entire offense for the whole first half. Um, touching on the Devin Singletary thing, though, and maybe, again, I'm probably going to get killed for this. I didn't understand what all the offseason hype was this year with Devin Singletary. I thought, even looking at the fancy football rankings, I thought Devin Singletary was rated way too high. I was surprised by Singletary last year, but I wasn't like, oh, my gosh, this guy is going to be the next stud running back in the league. Where I thought coming into the offseason, there were so many people that were like, Buffalo's got a great running game, Devin Singletary is going to be great, so on and so forth. I didn't see it last year. Maybe I, I thought it was pretty slippery in space. Yeah, but I, I felt like he I, I felt like he never had that big breakout game, and I felt like he looked much better than what he did because of how bad Frank Gore was behind him. You know yeah, what I mean? that's true. And, I mean, that's probably where the fantasy hype came from. It was like he was good last year when he had a chance, and now Frank Gore's right. gone. And when you have Frank Gore coming in and running the ball for maybe a yard or no gain every time he was touching the ball in the second half of the season, and you have Singletary coming in, he's running the ball three, you know, two, three yards a touch, yeah, he's going to look a lot better. Now, granted, the offensive line has gone through some changes. Uh, John Feliciano, which, you know, some positive news. It sounds like he's activated from IR and he may be back this week, which I think can really help that running game. But I'm curious to see what happens now without Quentin Spain. You know, that's something last week. Obviously, we, we, we didn't really talk much football last week. We, 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 we did talk to, to, to Brayton from the, the, the Bills Mafia. But it was a great episode, by the way. If you haven't seen that, go check that out. We we interviewed Brian Harris, who was a co-founder of Bills Mafia. We talked about the entire history of Bills Mafia. Charlie, good self-plug there. Um, I mean, wherever you find this podcast, it can't be. It's like got to be like two clicks away. So you have no excuse. No, absolutely. <laughs> and 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 we we still we are going to start a hashtag. Get Brayton on twenty six shirts. Yeah, he just he's got a come up to new york right now he's living in virginia beach so that's all yeah yeah we we, we, tweeted, I, we tweeted 26 shirts we told him we said he's been practicing his poses waiting for the opportunity make it happen and they seemed receptive dell if you're listening make it happen make it happen so back to the back <laughs> to my 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 offensive line and, and all that i'm curious to see what's going to happen with this offensive line now without quentin spain you know i i text you when they release Quentin Spain and I'm like, what the heck's going on at one bill's drive right now? Like, why are they getting rid of Quentin Spain? The t- post release tweets seemed kind of odd. I don't know if he started 
not buying into the process, no pun intended, or or what? But was he no longer drinking the Sean McDermott Kool-Aid? Was he kind of like, I re-signed here. I was positive about being here. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be here anymore. What? I don't know. I haven't heard anything else like my, he was cut. Yeah, I don't know. It seemed to me like he, he wanted to start and was not going to be given that opportunity for whatever reason, and he was kind of just over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean and you, you you I don't think it's unfair to say, well, you signed a contract, you knew that was possible. Like you right. kind of should suck it up and do I mean, I don't know what maybe they promised him he was gonna be a starter. I don't know, but um it seemed like there wasn't uh, hard feelings is not the right word because he did seem kind of pissed, but he wasn't like, you know, I'm gonna get my revenge against the bill. It was like, well, I'm going my way and you're going your way, and like we're that's just it. Like it didn't seem like a real right negative breakup i um i'm excited though to see what john feliciano can do now obviously it, it, it may be a bit of a struggle for him coming back but I'll, I'm, I'm curious to see what kind of shape he's going to be in when he does come back this week mm-hmm. um it was also in case anyone missed it uh levi wallace did practice today uh he's still 21 days ahead of his ir uh when he can come off ir um, they may be able to take him off early, if I'm not mistaken, Nick. I don't know if you know uh, I think three this year they changed it. He can come back after three weeks only. Okay. Okay. So he may be able to come back early, which right now the, the, this defense needs him. Although, shout out to Dane Jackson, man. Yeah. I was – yeah, we talked about it on this podcast. We were surprised he didn't make the team out of camp. He or I was at least. I don't remember if you said that, but I said that. He looked comfortable. Like he didn't yeah. look out of place. Um, you know, I thought he looked pretty good. Now, now maybe he I'm not saying he long term could be the number two, but I thought he looked better than Josh Norman has the last couple of weeks. Josh Norman looked good one game and then looked like Redskins Josh Norman two weeks after that. That's Washington football team to you. Okay. Sorry, Washington football team, Josh Norman. Yeah, Norman but, sounds like he's going to be out again this week, right? It does. It does sound like Norman's going to be out again. And which, Micah Hyde is uh, also – he mispracticed on Wednesday and Thursday with a concussion. Yeah, uh, and you know how those concussions go. He could wake up tomorrow and be fine. You know, who knows? Got, yeah, he just got to pass uh, protocol. Was that hit legal, the Micah Hyde hit? Dude, okay. So that, what are your thoughts? We, we're assuming this is where he got the concussion because that was uh, just a huge hit. I'm telling you, and I tweeted this, 10 years ago, that hit would have been on every highlight show. Mm-hmm. If you you know slow-mo it and zoom in, it seemed to me like Micah Hyde turned his shoulder, didn't hit him with his head, turned his shoulder, and hit the guy first in the sternum area and then kind of continued up and got him and hit you know the bottom of his, of his face mask. Mm-hmm. I think if that hit was put on a Bills player, you'd probably be mad. But like looking yep. at it, you know, trying to be objective about it didn't seem that bad to me. I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd call it totally textbook, but it didn't seem egregious. And he's also going full speed into the guy who's catching the ball and trying to like scrunch down and protect himself. Like mm-hmm. you, you could say we want all hits like that out of football. We want him to, you know, wrap up, you know, the legs, man. Maybe I'd sound different if it was, you know, against Stefan Diggs or something, but man, that looked like a good football play. What do you think, you know, this week? I, I, I agree with you, by the way. I think it was a clean hit. 
uh, especially when you slowed it down. There was one guy saying he needs to be suspended and kicked out of the league. Yeah, for that man, hit, there's saw. there's people people will say anything. If you search different words on Twitter, you can find people with almost every take out there. So I don't put too much stock into it. I saw that tweet. Just some random guy. I don't know. Like Bill's Bill's Mafia like found that guy. I don't know if somebody quote tweeted it, and like the ratio was unbelievable. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no one follows this guy. Like man, you got to let people go. People have crazy opinions. You, like, you don't have to let it bother you. You can just right. just let it go. Just keep scrolling and go on with your life. So I found the the, the, the penalty tweet that I was referencing before. Mm. Um, Marcel-Louis Jacques uh, of ESPN tweeted out, uh, and I will quote it, kind of a surprise to find this out. The Bills are the 11th most penalized team in the NFL since Sean McDermott arrived in 2017. The holding call on Taiwan Jones last week um, was their 10th penalty of the day. It's the second double-digit penalty game in the past three weeks for the Buffalo Bills. Hmm. So would you say this week penalties are obviously something that the Bills need to find a way to cut down in order to, to, to get a victory against New England? Yeah, I mean, I just I feel so weird after like 20 years of, of you know thinking everything's going to have to go right to you, like assuming that they have wiggle room this week. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you got to cut down on penalties. You got to cut down on missed field goals. You got to cut down on Josh Allen hitting guys, but not in stride and they fall and they have to go down to the ground to catch it instead of running it into the end zone. Like you got to mm-hmm. clean up everything. Like I don't, I don't, I mean, Lucy was very surprisingly negative against the Patriots. And I think a little bit of that is because they've never had almost never in, you know, in her lifetime, our lifetime had a bad team. Like right. that's all they know. So the, the, they lost three in a row. You know, if they lose this week, it'll be four in a row. Belichick's only hasn't lost four in a row since 2002. Like Bill's mm-hmm. probably lost four in a row in every year, except, you know, one since 2002 or something like, like crazy like that. Like, I don't, I think they are overreacting a little bit. You're still playing Belichick. You know, maybe he was he wrong about Brady. Maybe he's still a genius still has mm-hmm. answers for things and you know when he gets back against the wall he gets back down to basics so right. are we gonna see probably a ton of runs the bills run defense has been bad probably gonna see a lot of running especially if the quarterback can't really throw too well probably gonna see a lot of quarterback runs with cam and like i don't know somebody made a joke on twitter like you're gonna see you know he's gonna go all the way back to like navy and you know, run the, you know, the Navy offense with the reverses and the quarterback running and, you know, the Newton might end up like two for four passing. Like, I don't know, but if there's, if there's, you know, a scheme or a game plan, like Belichick's going to find it. Mm -hmm. And even if he doesn't like, we've seen this for forever. If, even if he doesn't have the players, he's still going to like scheme up something to try to win. And the weather, I saw the weather could be, nasty for this game from what i saw if that uh materializes over the next few days. this week man no and by the way can we just can we talk about tyler bass like is he in your mind is he at risk of getting cut yeah i think i so th- so this was was it first half charlie that texted you really upset at tyler bass or second half charlie i can't remember um, but i texted you at one point throughout the game and i'm like dude i think bass needs to pack his bags um I think I saw it. Saw it, I think I said it to my cousin after the game. I'm like, I think it's time Tyler Bass stops at Home Depot and grabs some moving boxes on his way home. Yeah, so I tweeted too. Going to need some boxes. Yes, and it, then it, people it were praising him, like, oh, because he made six field goal. He had eight attempts. Like, 
He didn't do right. anything to get into field goal range. He just went out there when they told him to go out there. It's like he had like the so, kicker doesn't. Earn we've six talked about goals. this on on other podcasts of past. What? I I, I, I need to go back and look. Now I, I watched some of the all twenty two. I didn't pay enough attention, and I, I don't know how I can make this point without paying attention. However, I want to know. Looking at that first one and just listening to the way the kick, the ball came, you know came off the foot and this, the sound the ball made was the hold bad again. Um, I, I watched for that and I rewound the game to look for it. I didn't notice any laces in last week. So I don't know. I mean the whole, you know, I don't want to say the hold was great without really knowing. I don't know if he could have held it at the mm-hmm. wrong age. I don't know if, you know, only those guys would know pretty much, but something, um, I, something I didn't off. see. That ball was yeah. flying the wrong way. But he he fades them out weirdly a lot of time too. So everyone's always all nervous about him from the right hash, dude. Even from the left hash, his his balls when he kicks when he kicks the football, his football in the air looks a lot like my golf ball playing golf. That thing is just. <laughs> You know, it's funny, it's funny you mentioned hash marks because I actually looked this up this week. I went back and looked at and watched every kick Tyler made and then charted it by hash mark. And I tweeted the picture. He's five of six from the left hash mark, six of mm-hmm. eight from the right hash mark, and one for three in the middle. Both of those misses were week one against the Jets, and one of those probably went in. So he's not really great from any hash mark you know five for six from the left doesn't sound bad that's 83 percent. if that was his season rate that would still be in the lower half of the league mm-hmm. he is uh he takes uh, every extra point he takes from the left hash mark so that does seem to be his favored spot and he's 18 to 19 on extra points um so yeah it's, it's weird that we're like oh you know right hash mark is bad for him everywhere is bad for him like he, this right. has not been good like i'm right i'm worried I don't know who you would get at this point of the year, like that if they're really an upgrade. And maybe you he can't go get Hauschka. You can't go get Hauschka. <laughs> like he, the the guy missed a twenty five yard field goal and was cut the next day from from Jacksonville. Like he's not the you, you you can't bring him back. I feel like he's he's lost his mojo at this point, right? Yeah, that would just be. I don't know. Would you if you were Hauschka? Would you want to come back? It's probably better than being unemployed. But shit, I don't know. Maybe who's the guy? You might know this because I brought him up last year. <laughs> Who's the guy on Twitter from Buffalo that's always kicking field goals? He was playing in the XFL, and then obviously we knew what happened. Oh, um, was he the the UB guy? Was I think he was UB? Man, I'm blanking on his name. I remember you brought this up last year. I don't. I'm forgetting his name. I should Google it while we're on this podcast. So while you're looking that up, I I do want to touch on a little bit of the um, the rushing stats we were talking about earlier. So you, we know Buffalo has struggled against the run a lot this year. We saw it against Kansas City. We saw it against Tennessee. We saw it early on against the Jets, right? I want to ask you not to make you do multiple things at once. I'm going to give you... I'm not going to find this kicker, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to give you three three numbers. Okay. Okay. Uh, three stats, and I want you to tell me which one you think is Cam Newton. Bring it on. Okay. 50 attempts, 244 yards. 33 attempts, 177 this yards. This is for, for the season? Yes. 
Okay, start 26 over. attempts. Okay. 50 attempts for 244. 33 for 177. 26 for 173. And I'm going to throw a fourth in there. 39 for 154. One of those is his season passing line? No, rushing. Rushing line. Um, all right. Early in the year, Cam was rushing a lot. I don't know if he got a ton of yards on it. Let's say, and he did miss a game with COVID. I'll say, I don't know. Give me the 240. That is correct. Cam Newton is the wow. team rusher at 50 attempts and 244 yards. He He's pretty much. The that was a total guess. I promise I did not look that up. I, I think Dame, Damian Harris would be the leader, but Damian Harris only played three games. Sony Michelle only played three mm-hmm. games. The only Burkheads look right. The only running back to play in every game this season has been Rex Burkhead. It's so weird and how Belichick uses rushes his for backfield too. Like, like I never, almost never draft a Patriots running back. Besides, I ended up with James White every year for like five years there because he was good in PPR. But like in, mm-hmm. in terms of like a running back, running back, because Belichick never seems to like commit to a guy. He just changes it up. Doesn't you know if somebody has a good week one week, you know they're not getting the ball next week because they're gonna game plan mm-hmm. for that guy and then they're gonna mix it up with somebody. I don't know. Another stat, Nick, that I found interesting from the from New England is um Nikhil Harry. You know, we, we talked about him earlier. He's had 32 targets this year. He's only caught 19 of those 32 targets. Yeah, he only has 172 yards receiving. So you can really see where New England's struggling this year. And obviously, I think it obviously starts at the quarterback position. Like, plain and simple. Cam Newton is the guy that's going to lead this team one way or the other. And if Buffalo wants to win this week, they need to find a way to stop Cam Newton. They did a great job last week in the second half of the season, or the second half of the game, to um, really start sending the blitz a little bit more. And I thought that really helped lead them to victory. Yeah, they. I was almost surprised because the week before that against Mahomes, uh, Mark on from the Buffalo News, who tracks everything, he wrote that they blitzed one time in the entire mm-hmm. game, which was the fewest he had ever charted since like 2004-ish maybe. One time in the entire game against the Chiefs. And then mm-hmm. flipped it around last week, they showed some versatility, I guess, because they were blitzing the heck out of Donald, and he couldn't do anything. So it also sounds like... Um, and I'm just seeing this, so I apologize. Sounds like New England maybe without their top two receivers might be without Nikhil Terry and Julian Edelman this week. Nikhil Terry's out with a concussion right now. Wow, I saw Edelman was out. So, whew, man. So Dane, they're down. Dane Jackson to, might not have it too bad this week. They're down to four. I'm sorry, three receivers and Matthew Slater, who is kind of wow. their emergency wide receiver. Yo, if, so, if Gilmore is pissed about his roller, I don't know what he's mad about. Do you think Gilmore would want to play receiver? No. I think Gilmore <laughs> just wants to get out of there as quick as he can at this point. Yeah. I was wondering, like, you know, how a cornerback would just do it receiver if you put him out there. Yeah, I know. I, I think he wants to get out of there. From everything, it sounds like he wants to get out of there for sure. Um, would you take him back in Buffalo? So that was going to be my question to you, actually. So, you know, great minds, man. Great minds think alike. Um, I asked you first. Sorry. <laughs> I, I would have to take it. I, in all honesty, I would have to look at his contract, see what the term is on there. I don't know. I think him and Tredavious White, you know, one and two would be a 
dangerous one and two. Um, yeah. But I don't know if I want him eating up all that cap for hmm. long term. That's true. Because um, I feel like there's other people that the Bills can go out and get and and, and be uh, find ways to improve, which is something that I think they need to do. Right? We've we've seen the last couple of weeks the team, the good teams right now in the league have gone out and gotten better. Carlos Dunlap was just traded to the Seahawks. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe was just traded to the Ravens, who right now, if the playoffs were to start tomorrow, Buffalo would be going head-to-head with the Ravens in a, in a quote-unquote home game with no fans in Buffalo. But what does Buffalo need to do by next Tuesday to improve their team? I think they need to bolster the defensive line, um, probably a, a, a defensive tackle. Uh, their mm-hmm. run defense has just been bad. And if they got to bring somebody in to figure that out, they got to do that. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I never thought I would say these words, but I think we miss Star. Yeah, it's weird to think that too, because you were, you know, normally we'd be saying, you know, is he, he's not that good. He's just kind of eating up space. Like, well, yeah, but like that's kind of what they needed just a guy to anchor in there and, and let everybody else eat. Mm hmm. I think so too. He did a great job. And I thought that's why um, uh, Ed Oliver looked so dominant last year was because star was eating everybody up on the line of scrimmage. You know, speaking of the defense side of the ball, I agree with you. I think they need to find a defensive uh, tackle and they need to really shore up that defensive side of the ball. Um, but I also think they need to find either a number two corner somewhere, go out and do that or find someone else to play on the DN side, I won't be surprised if uh, uh, Trent is no longer a Buffalo Bill come next Tuesday. And I won't be surprised if Harrison Phillips is gone. I know Sean McDermott is high. Who was the first guy you said? Trent. Trent. Uh, Trent Tom Murphy. Trent Trent Murphy. Yes, thank you. Interesting. Thank you. I could see that. He's been uh, – I mean, Harrison Phillips has been in healthy scratch two games in a row. And Sean McDermott's high on him, but I just don't think that uh, – I, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I think that they can move him, get him off the cap, and move on. But mm-hmm. um, you know, you talk about the defensive line and sure enough, the defensive line. I don't think the ends are really where they need help. I thought Mario Addison has looked good on the end. Mm-hmm. Jerry Hughes has looked very good, and I feel like Jerry Hughes has kind of been the unsung, you know, player of the year on the defense right now. Jerry Hughes is currently sixth in hurries, seventh in quarterback hits, and tenth in pressures. Mm. I was actually thinking before last game, like I hadn't really heard his name on the broadcast uh-huh. too too much this year, but that's kind of how it goes, man. You can you can be effective and not show up on the stat sheet when you're a defensive lineman. So of, of the 15 highest greatest pass rush highest graded pass rushers according to PFF so far this season, mm-hmm. Jerry Hughes is eighth, Mario Addison is 13, and Trent Murphy is actually 14th. Wow. And Jerry Hughes has the highest pass rush win win rate wow. in the league this year. You so got Jerry any, Hughes is having a quietly yeah. good year. You got any stats on how they do in the again run defense? Uh, I do not yet. I can definitely. Hmm. That's I mean that's surprising me because it feels like they haven't really gotten after too many quarterbacks this year. Also, Jerry Hughes has one interception on the season. Just to throw that <laughs> out there. Um, but that was his first career interception, I think. Yeah, man. I would have liked to see him take it to the house. But at least um, his interception, I, I will say, was not as exciting as Kyle Williams' interception. Yeah. But I, I, always, I always love a, 
a defensive line interception. Big man, big man touchdowns are what we need to have. I don't know if Jerry would count for a true big man touchdown, but those yeah. are the best. I'll take one. We'll count it. Why not? Um, one more question for you. Mm-hmm. Talking on the offensive side of the ball right now. Other than running back, anywhere on the offensive side of the ball, you feel like both will be better. Obviously, the offensive line is one position I think mm-hmm. of. But I feel like with John Brown being so up and down, and I know they're high on Gabe Davis, but there's a lot of good receivers right now who are sitting on the trade block who are looking for ways out, who have one year left on their contract or so. Or guys yeah, I, I would be right surprised if they really gave up assets to bring in another receiver right now, unless somebody got, got hurt. Um, I mean, people could say A.J. Green might be available still. You might have – I mean, people all over the league might try to move a contract. Um, honestly, if you really had to pick, I would say – I'm a little worried about like the COVID situation in the tight end room right now. Like maybe mm-hmm. you bring in another guy there, like just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It seems like they don't, they're not happy with the offensive line play. They have a bunch of guys like to sort it out with. So I don't know if they need to bring someone in really, but um, I mean, look, the I don't reason know, why I, I'm I'd be shot. They have so many receivers though. Already. There's, there's a reason why I'm asking, right? I know they have a lot of receivers. But you, it never helps getting your quarterback who is on the upswing right now more weapons. And the only guy that really comes to my mind currently is Julio Jones. Can you imagine this this team with Julio Jones and Stephon Diggs as your one and two? Now I'm not saying it's going to happen. Obviously, much like the Stephon uh, Gilmore thing, probably won't happen. But I'm not saying I would hate it. Also, Will Fuller has been rumored to be available mm. as well. I'd be curious to see if they go after him. Wolfler is um, so frustrating, like even in fantasy. Like he's so good when he plays and he literally is yeah. out like half the time. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about tight ends though. David Njoku is rumored to be available mm. as well. Could he be a guy uh, yeah. that Buffalo targets? I, I, was, I, I like him a lot. Yeah, I was wondering if like Tampa Bay has so many tight ends. Like is any of those guys available? Beginning of the year, they were talking about OJ Howard possibly being available or Cameron Brait being being available. Um, I don't know where that stands now. Obviously, Gronk has got more involved in the offense in the last couple of weeks, so I'm going to be I, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see where that goes with them on the tight end side of the ball. Um, oh, we should have asked Lucy about Gronk. However, don't forget, there's one football to go around in Tampa Bay, and you have Chris Godwin, you have Scotty Miller, who's looked pretty good the last couple of weeks, you have Mike Evans, who is a top tier receiver. You have Gronk, who's a top-tier tight end, and now you have Antonio Brown coming in there. So they're going to have to start moving. Some Someone's going to get pissed and want out before Tuesday. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like they're in their win-now mode, though. I don't like if they were going to trade I, a tight I feel end. Like on a, on a tight end I feel like someone, one of those guys, will look for a way out. I, I just feel like one of them is going to want to play. And depending on what happens with Dawson Knox, I don't think Dawson Knox has looked great this year. Um, I do like Tyler Croft, though, this year. I, I, if he can stay healthy all year, he could be that tight end that Buffalo wanted. Hmm. All right. So I don't know. I think they uh, they should make a move. Uh, they could, they got picks to trade. They have uh, – I want to say they have seven total picks. Um, actually – I should look this up. They they traded one away, but got one back in a deal, and they have a couple other conditionals, right? Yeah. So I mean, you could, you you. I would struggle to see the argument for keeping all those picks when you're in you're in your 
theoretically your your win window is is currently like if you draft a seventh round sixth round fifth round pick those guys are like maybe going to contribute next year hopefully give you something in two years like you need help now like the guys that have been traded so far have not been super expensive like you can get them for a, a third a day three pick yeah and we'll i'm, I'm going to be curious to see what happens come tuesday i feel like the bills for once in a long time are going to be in a buy now mode and with all this COVID stuff going on, we've seen a lot more teams willing to make trades this year. Um, and and I feel like if Buffalo does anything, it'll be early in the week because, again, your player needs to sit for five days before he can come into your building um, due to COVID. So I feel like if anything happens, you may see something happen before Tuesday uh, to try to get that player up to speed for the following Sunday. But we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be one of the more interesting – NFL trade deadlines than, than mm-hmm. what we've seen in the last few years. But yep. uh, real I quick, did, I did, I did look me. it up here. I did look it up. The Bills traded their fourth rounder to the Vikings in the Diggs trade, but they have a fifth rounder back from the Raiders in the Zay Jones trade. And then there's some mm. seventh round conditional stuff that might or might not happen. But um, that's where they stand at picks. Sorry. Before we go, two things. One, I asked you last podcast, which it doesn't seem like it's it, it's much of a rumor anymore. It sounds like the rumor's been shot down. But I promise we, we we'd give him an answer. Patrick Kane to the Buffalo Sabers. Would you take it? Yes or no? Would I take him? Yeah. Okay. Would I? Would you know? I if would he was, too. He I, was just just free. Yeah, sure. I just don't know how Buffalo would afford him at this point. Looking at their salary cap and being realistic, I just don't see the money being right for Buffalo to take him. But I absolutely I would love Patrick Kane with Jack Eichel and yeah. I don't know how much I would like give up dangerous. to like in a trade for him. Like if he was would you move? Sam Reinhardt and like a third no. round. Okay. No. That's, thank you. Okay. Um, Sorry, fun. South Buffalo. Who do you have? South Buffalo's Patrick King. Who do you have? What, what, what's your score? What's your prediction for this week? I'm thinking it's going to be low scoring. I like the Bills to win. I was uh, surprised slash disappointed that the line was like three, three and a half points. I thought it would have been smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a bummer, but um, I will say Bills win an ugly game that you want to feel like should feel like the Bills are taking the mantle or taking the torch from the Patriots here, and it's not going to feel good like that. But they will win. I'm going to say they win 23 19. I don't see this being a big week in the passing game for either team with the 40 mile and in. 40 mile an hour wind gusts going on. I also don't see it being a big kicking week. So I think we see uh, both teams going for it a lot more on fourth down this week, um, especially in, in, you know, on the opposite side of the 50. Um, but I, I, I see Zach Moss. I think it's going to have a big game this week. I think he's going to have his welcome to the NFL week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could see him getting, getting the, the, the main amount of touches, um, but I do see Buffalo winning. I think it's going to be a little bit closer. Um, I'm going with 21-20 this week. Ooh. It's going to be a tight game. Um, I feel like New England's hungry. Cam's hungry to prove himself. Um, and and let's face it, Belichick just knows how to beat the Bills, good or bad. Hmm. Yeah, so I mean, hopefully the you know the weather report might not come true anyway. So I think the mm-hmm. better weather would would favor the Bills. I think. I'm, I'm always hopeful that they're wrong about the weather this time of year in Buffalo, but we'll see. <laughs> um, but I, I will say division games, and I, I wanted to say this about last week as well, division games I always kind of 
look at a little, little differently, right? These are teams you play twice a year, every single season. Eventually when you have the same coaching staff, every season, you have the same, you know, most of the same players every season. Yeah. Pe- players and, and coaches are going to figure out their other team eventually. And that's why, that's what I felt like happened with last week with the Jets game. The Bills have been playing at Adam Gase for years when he was in Miami. Now he's in New York. He's been in that, that AFC East for a few years now. He's learned this Bills team. He's learned this Bills offense. There hasn't, there's been turnover, but, um, you know, between last year and this season, we didn't see a ton other than, you know, major turnover adding Stephon Diggs. So I, I felt like Adam Gase had a good game plan and he really figured out this this Bills team. And let's face it, Greg Williams can be a little slippery at times too and figure some things out and, and be a good coach at times as well. So we'll see what happens. Again, Bill Belichick always seems to have Buffalo's number, good or bad. I'll be curious to see what happens going forward. This is the first time the New England Patriots have been two and four since the year 2000. Ooh, so we'll see if, they that. see if they take that big step forward or not this week. All right. Now tell me where you can find us. All right. Now we're to it. So you can find us on Twitter at the underscore process pod. Find me at childwit68 for all your rant raven fan tweets. If you want the real newsworthy retweeting tweets you can follow nick at nick veronica on twitter it's only taking me about 40 episodes to get uh nick's handle correct but it's at nick veronica on twitter um nick usually has all the all the good tweets he's the guy you want to follow but with all kind. that said i want to thank lucy for coming on and chat with us today about new england patriots football i want to thank you nick for, for, for doing this again today. And real quick, I want to give a quick shout out to coach Ron Rivera, uh, who had his last chemotherapy this week and seems to be doing very well and is, um, um, hopefully it looks like he beat cancer. So nice, you know, round of applause for you, uh, stand up, stand ovation. Um, that was great to see. So go bills, beat the pets, See you here next week. And as always, remember to trust the process.